I'm really good at learning things through experience. I definitely listen to a lot of things, but as I stumble through, I've learned way more. So I learned how to fund a flip, how to make sure a couple things not to do. Thankfully, we made money off of it. Um, everything went well, and then we were able to buy another one. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen, and today I've got another one of our members. We're doing this series uh, that over the past couple couple weeks, almost over a month now, of introducing you guys to some of our Altitude and Runway members, some of the people that are in our community, and getting to know them a little bit, kind of their story, why they join, some of the success they're having, some of the struggles that they're having. And today, I've got somebody that has become I've become pretty close with, I feel like, since she joined our mastermind group. She joined the Six Figure Program and we changed it to the Runway Program. She's a very, very active member now in the program. She jumped in with the head first effectively inside the mastermind group and it's been doing some pretty awesome stuff. So I want to introduce you guys to Tanya Rooney. Hey, Tanya. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? I'm wonderful, thanks. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You haven't been on the podcast before. For those of you, uh, uh, those people who are not in our mastermind group, tell them a little bit about you, your background, and some of that. Um, all right. So like he said, my name is Tanya Rooney. Um, I am a real estate investor in the Minneapolis-St. Paul market, so Minnesota. And I also have uh, an extra job, I guess. Um, my business is my job, but um, my other job, so day-to-day, -day, I'm a project manager for a really big commercial real estate firm um, in the cities. So I have a project management background um, where I just work through different projects with clients, with architects and construction workers or general contractors and movers and furniture, and I effectively just get people into new spaces. Um, so I have a background in real estate that I didn't really realize was going to apply to start uh, my investing career. Um, I started investing about two years ago. Um, I had a rough weekend with a client that I just, I just wasn't happy the way the weekend went and the stuff that I had to do on a project. So I called my broker two days later and just said, okay, I'm ready to get into some real estate stuff. What should I do? And she kind of me a path of here we'll start listening to this podcast and um, I listened to a lot of podcasts and about two and a half months later I bought my first flip and since then so that that was honestly a year ago that I've done two flips so far and then one wholesale um, so I started out being a flipper and then I realized I wanted to get further into pretty much the investing portion of my life and try to free myself from a job or an everyday job. And that's when the uh, seven figure runway group kind of opened up my eyes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so you, you were in the commercial real estate world, the project management world of real estate world. So is that you, since you already had that kind of experience and background, is that why you <laughs> jumped into flipping houses? Um, actually it was because, um, my broker, so the gal that helped us find our house, I go to the gym with her and I've been friends with her for quite a long time. Um, she's talked to me quite a few times about, uh, being a realtor actually, or just getting involved in real estate because she thought I'd be good at it because, um, because she kind of saw some of my background. It does apply. I seriously didn't think about it until I started flipping a house and was like, oh, I totally know how to talk to vendor partners and I know how to talk to contractors and I know how to coordinate things because I do that every day. I problem solve for clients all the time. It's every single day, pretty much the whole day. <laughs> so so you, tell us a little bit about your first deal. I'm interested to hear this. So you've only done a couple deals since, so one deal before you kind of joined us or somewhere around that or your second deal I think you were doing and then a couple since then. So tell us a little bit about your first deal. There's probably a lot of people out there who have a full-time job looking for their first flip right now. Uh, I think it would be, we haven't done it in a while. Take us through some of that, like how you found it, some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, I made a lot of offers. I, actually, the first offer I ever made with my, um, I have an investor real estate agent. The first offer I ever made, I actually got it accepted and didn't end up doing that deal because it wasn't going to be, it was going to be a pretty, pretty big flip that I don't 
think would have been good. I think the foundation would have had to be taken out and put a new one in the house jacked up. So um, the, I think probably 10 more offers after that, I got a deal and um, it's just a normal house. I think it was like a three, two, actually it was only a three, one. And um, it was in pretty rough shape. It needed a brand new pin. It needed all new floors. It needed carpet or we put carpet upstairs actually, but it needed um, a lot of patching. It was just a 1900 style house. So everything was lath and plaster. So a lot of that stuff had to come out. Um, the bathroom was in really, really rough shape. So everything had to get out of there. It was a big, huge cast iron tub that had to somehow go down the stairs. And thankfully I have an amazing husband because <laughs> uh, I don't think I could have paid somebody enough to get that thing out. <laughs> um, so it needed to do a brand new bathroom. It needed a brand new kitchen. Um, so I think we did a lot of that work and I was grateful actually to do the work. Like most people ask me now, well, do you flip and do you actually swing hammers? And I'm like, ah, I will, but that's definitely not my preference. That's not my strongest skill set because the project management world, I'm really good at paying people to do things. That's what I do all the time. Um, and I'm, I've gotten pretty good at telling people what to do too. <laughs> I think I started as a child, but you know, that, that's true. I'm just going <laughs> to jump in and say, you're very good at telling people what to do. Uh, I tend to tell Bill you should do some things too. So, um, I, I, you'll never not get an opinion from me. And sometimes I try to give it the caveat. Sorry. I tell people what to do. You don't have to take my advice. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I flipped that first hour. Like we, we started flipping that house. We did probably 70% of the work, all the, anything that needed to be permitted. We didn't, we didn't do. So all the plumbing and the electrical, and a little bit of HVAC actually Matt was able to do, but we did a lot of the work. And one of the days I was actually, <laughs> I was painting and Matt had to work. My husband's name is Matt. Uh, Matt at his normal job, he's a crane operator. So I had to be at that house painting and I was super frustrated because painting's like my least favorite thing. So I literally started swearing and was like, I don't want to do this. So I called somebody from Craigslist actually right then. And I found a couple of people to come out within a few hours and give me some prices. Um, so that was kind of a great learning experience for me. I already knew I wanted to pay people to do stuff, but um, it was a great learning experience for my husband um, just to show like, hey, our time is worth a lot. If we can pay somebody this much to do it, why wouldn't we? Um, people need work. Like I know the construction industry is busy. They're always busy, but it doesn't matter. People still need work. Um, and I would gladly take less money on a project if that means I only have to spend a few hours on it. Um, so we learned a lot. Uh, we gutted the whole house, um, put everything together. And I think from buying it to selling it was probably about six months. So I learned a lot about funding it. Uh, we actually funded it completely with hard money. I didn't bring anything to the table. Um, maybe Oh, I, I lied. Um, I brought $5,000 like to the table so that we could close. And then they gave me a check for $10,000 that day to start the renovation. Um, so I'm really good at learning things through experience. Um, I definitely listen to a lot of things, but as I stumble through, I learned way more. Um, so yeah, I learned how to, <laughs> how to fund a flip, how to make sure a couple things not to do. Thankfully we made money off of it. Um, everything went well. And then we were able to buy another one, like I think a month after we closed. So so at that time, you were doing a lot of the work yourself, 70% of the work. You, how'd you find the hard money lender? Was it somebody you already knew? Was it a referral? So my broker in this market um, is fantastic. She has so many connections. So I literally um, just kind of ride the cape of everybody else. So she gave me a lender. Um, he's a hard money lender here in the cities. And uh, I honestly use him. Like I ask, I bounce stuff off him all the time, even still, even if I'm not using hard money, I just trust him. So I found a lender through that. And then the guys that I found to do some of the work, a lot of them were referrals because I definitely come to learn that referrals are way better when you can say, Oh, I got your name from Amy or, Oh, I got your name from Jamie. And it's just, people are going to work a little bit harder. And, um, yeah. So everybody on that project was a referral in some way, except for my painter. I found him on Craigslist. So it sounds like it's kind of a who you know type thing there because you found a deal pretty fast from the sounds of it. You got one, canceled it, and offers later, you got your other one. Six months later, you sold the house. You remember how much you made on it? Um, I think we made 20 or 18 or something. Okay. So not it wasn't a $50,000 deal, a $35,000 deal, but you got paid, number one, to learn. That's six, you have a full-time job. Matt has a full-time job. You guys were in there doing this as kind of like a side hustle, making 18 mm-hmm. grand, 20 grand 
That's pretty good. And your lender probably made pretty good money over six months. So if you were using yes. your own money or cheaper money, then you would have made more money. So yeah. you got in there, you did it. And then a month later, you found your, your second one, which is really impressive because when I was doing this, it took me, once I finished my deal, it took me six more months to find the next one because I took my eye off the ball. I stopped looking while I was doing all the work on the house. And then I got that thing under contract and went, oh, I got to find another one. And it, I didn't have the cycle going. So how did you find the second one? How, how did that happen? I have the best real estate investor agent, honestly, ever. She hustles because she looks at houses all the time. She became, she's actually a flipper as well. Um, and she became one because she's like, well, I'm already looking at houses. Why am I not for other people? Um, and she knows like I'm aggressive enough that I want to do more. I'm totally willing to jump in and figure something out. So she sends me deals. She still sends me deals. Like I offer on MLS deals as often as I can. There was one point where it was probably a couple of times a week and now it's a lot less, but um, it was because of her. Honestly, she sends me deals and I say, yeah, that looks great. Let's offer on it. And it just so happened another deal. They, they've actually both been on the MLS. The two deals, the two flips I've done have gone from come from the MLS and they were actually both on the same street. They were within, I don't know, 10 blocks of each other. They're both on seventh Ave. So yeah. Well, you're obviously, I think the lesson here is you're putting it out there. You're saying, hey, I'm ready. Anytime you want to send me a deal, I'll buy, I'll make an, I'll make offers. You're giving some encouragement to that agent who then continues to want to work with you, obviously. So again, it's, it comes back to the making sure you have the connections, the networking that you've done, building that kind of Rolodex and portfolio of people that you can go to and turn to when you need something. And it's a win-win, right? You're all benefiting from, it's a, like a, organic symbiotic relationship that we have in the real estate world. They're getting paid. Yes. You're getting paid. Your hard money lender is going to take your call because he's making money off of you on these deals and people are referring other people. It's, it's the best way to go for sure. Especially as you're getting started, that networking is the number one because you didn't spend any money to find any of these deals, right? No, the first two deals I did not. It's different yeah. now, but yes, like that I just have people and you should have people. People are what make all the deals go better. And who are you going to call when you're like, oh, crud, I really need to figure this out because something came up. Or, I mean, in that case, we actually had a really, really wet spring in Minnesota. And um, it was really nasty. There was two inches of water in the basement of the flip. Um, and so we went over and squeegeed everything. Not a big deal. Got all the water out. And then I needed a humidifier. So my realtor's like, yeah, I'll just drop one off. Like you, you have awesome, you build these awesome partnerships. Um, the reason people are going to come out and give you prices and they'll come out with maybe to three different flips and give you prices. And maybe you're only going to close on one or two of them. They're going to come out though, because you're giving them referrals and then because you're calling them back and you're giving them business and you're just establishing a relationship. Like ask people questions about their lives. It's not, it takes an extra one minute to say, Oh, how's your daughter? Hey, how did that trip go when you went to Bermuda not too long ago? Like that's, that's not hard. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's, it's a relationship business. It's a people business, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we talk. We talked about that a lot at Flip Hacking Live this year. I think that was kind of the underlying theme of it is a leadership management, holding a company, marketing sales. It's all people. It's, it's all, that's what it's all about. You want to build a team, you want to build a company. It's about the people inside your organization. You want to sell a product. It's treating the people that buy your product correctly, right? I had, a, yeah. I had an electrician just that I haven't talked to in probably three years. We used to work together a lot about, you know, three years ago for a couple of years before that, we were working, he did all my houses. And just the other day, he sent me a text message just to check in and see how I'm doing because he, he's back in the industry now. He kind of went out, his, his dad uh, had passed away. It was his mentor and everything. Kind of said, I'm done with this right now. And came back in, sent me a message and we just picked up where we left off. And I was asking him about his family. He's asking me about mine. And it was just great. And I said, hey, what do you need? Like, you need, you need some work? Are you looking for some business? Can I refer you to somebody? And you can, you, once you build relationships like that, it, you can go away for three years and come back and be like, nothing's changed, right? And yeah. I'll do anything. The same thing, I got a great HVAC guy down in Pensacola who, you know, I, I would send him to anybody's house, my grandmother's house, and have no problem with that. You know, he's just a phenomenal guy and he's going to give, the, I know he's going to give a great price. I know he's going to do quality work. And he, I know that if he finds something that could work for me, then he's going to give me a call. So it's really incredible to have those kind of people in your world, right? The who kind of yeah. people. Yeah, like I, I learned it in commercial 
estate, like the connections that I have with my general contractors, that's how I get things done. Like if there's a pipe that's frozen in any, like in a commercial building right now, I could call three people and I could have that resolved in two hours. And in the commercial world, you have to do a lot of things extremely fast. Uh, residential world, you still have to do them fast. It's just harder to find those partners. Um, but that that's how I'm good at my job. Like people think I'm good at my job and it's because of partners. Like I do, I do as much as I can to refer people and say, these are the reasons like, yes, I did a great job for you. You're welcome. All that stuff. But it's because of these seven people on the project that this was successful. And I've just turned it into the residential world that, you know, I keep a huge vendor list and anytime I'm in all the Facebook groups, as many as I can be in the Minnesota real estate investing, you know, market, uh, I think there's five or six of them. Um, anytime somebody asks like, Hey, who's got, who's got a good guy to do this, this or this, like I'll message those people and say, here, here's a whole spreadsheet of the guys that I have um, that gives their name, their phone number, what they do, and then how I got them and if I've worked with them. And it's literally like you start giving people business, you're all of a sudden going to be at the top and they're going to answer your call. Like you said, they're going to answer your call right away. Hey, I need, I need this to get resolved really quickly. Oh, I, you know, I don't have any time. Or he would, he would say maybe I'm a week and a half out for someone else, but when he knows that you're going to pay him, and he knows that you're gonna send him more business, you're probably gonna get resolved in like a day or two. And yeah, you can't, that's, you can't put money on that. That's just something you need to grow and you need to be smart about. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's interesting because those relationships that you built in the commercial world, it sounds like you very quickly move them over to the residential space for your investment company, which is likely why you had been able to get things done quickly, you know, ramp up, have deal after deal and continue to, progress and advance in that, just even in your network that you had at that time. So that's what I see with a lot of people is we try to do it all ourselves. We try to like put everything on our shoulders. And if we win, it's on us. If we lose, it's on us. It's all just, it's just us. That's what's the most important thing for the, the people who can really grow a business and really become leaders and be effective in any industry, frankly, it's that they understand the value of other people and the worth of, of other people. So we talk about building a team a lot in here. We talk about systemizing and autom automating your business, pulling yourself out, not working, you know, working on the business, not in the business, all of these things. And some people just say, I just want to do it all myself. Be small, keep it all right. That's the a mantra. Oh, it's a terrible people. saying. I totally agree. I totally agree. I, and, but you know what? You know what? In the beginning, there's a lot of people listening to this who are like, I'm scared to do that. I'm scared to hire my first person. I'm scared to uh, put, you know, let somebody else come in and do the work that only I, I feel like I can do at a hundred percent. Like my perf, my perfectionist is getting to me. And I know I was there. I was there like four or five years ago. I was, just, I was afraid to do all that stuff. I was afraid to hire people. I was afraid to do all those things. So I know where they're coming from, but hopefully they listen to this and say, all right, I need to, I need to figure out how to do it. Cause I'll tell you what, when I got a taste of that, when I hired that first person and then that second person, that third person, it's just, it's a relief when I don't have to answer those calls, right? I don't have to go on those appointments or I can go to a mastermind meeting and my company's running or I can be on this podcast with you and I don't know, we're probably buying and selling houses today. It's really cool to, to see that and that happen. And then to like in a couple, probably a couple days after this podcast comes out, we'll have our Christmas party. We'll have 30 people in and we have this wow. plan for them. The spouses come, they travel from all, all three of our cities and we all come together in one place. And I remember last year with, we had about 20, 25 people there with the spouses and everything. It's mm -hmm. just really amazing to see that. I remember sitting back last year going, wow, like we, we created all this. Me and my wife are sitting there and I just said that I, she looked at me like she's not in the business. She's not involved in the business, not in any day-to-day -day stuff with us, but she just looked at me and said, you know what? This is really pretty amazing that this was all from you starting this in a office in our house in Florida with this idea and joined this group and created this now what it is. And now when I go there this year, it's going to be even bigger, even better. And just the people are just, it's just so awesome to see that. And their spouse is there just saying, thank you for like my wife or my husband is just loves their job. They're really enjoying what they're doing. This is really amazing what you have here. And it's incredible to see that. And so I'm excited for, for like you who are starting to grow that business and starting to bring on people and expand and, and grow. And for all the people in our, in our group that are starting to get bigger or, or grow. And that's what they want to do. Like I'm not telling everybody that's listening that you need to have a staff of 20 people or anything like that, but 
don't be afraid to bring in that contractor, bring in that first hire or bring somebody on to help you because it's really important to grow personally and professionally that way. Yeah. And it's also um, really good to value your time. I feel like that's the thing that um, I think that my eyes bug out of my head when someone says, yeah, I do all of it myself. I think about all the repercussions of, so how much time do you have in a day and how much time are you spending it on things you love? You should definitely do if you love to drywall or tape and mud. I, those, there's people out there. You should be doing that. That's exactly what should be on your path. If you don't love something, if you hate painting, then just pay somebody else because they need, they need money too. And it's just, there's, I don't know, my time is worth a lot. And I think um, that's been a really, really big theme in the last two years. It's like, what is my time worth? Where am I putting it? And um, who gets to have some of it? And if I can, you know, make more money by not be, not being in the painting role, then why wouldn't I? Um, and just, yeah, just being kind of value minded or just, Oh, just being smart with your time. I don't know. The people that want to do it all, I totally But I also really like vacations. I like to go enjoy my life. And uh, when I do it all, I don't get to do, I don't get to enjoy life. That doesn't, that doesn't sound fun to me. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a good learning, learning moment as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you said it, it takes a lot of people some time to really understand that what their time's worth and value it. And that was the first exercise that I did was sit down and say, how much money did I make last year? How many hours did I work? What's my dollar per hour last year? And then how can I get that up? It was, mine was $55 an hour when I started. And now my whole goal is to figure out how to get it up to a thousand dollars an hour or more. And, and then up from there. So keep making that adjustment. And then I either just make more per hour. Or I just work a lot less hours. You know, yeah. those are the kind of things that you can start playing with then. When you've, mm -hmm. you've got a number in mind of what you want to make per year and some people just, they might only want to work with five hours a week. I'm a kind of guy who I probably can't sit still. Uh, I, I got to work 40, 50 hours a week mm -hmm. and it's just the way it is. My wife will tell you that's how it is. Like I cannot, I'm not going to sit down and watch TV all day. I'm just not going to go do, I'm not going to be out mowing the grass and every day, couple times a week. It's just not me. I, I need to be doing something. <laughs> that is, I don't know, that's, that's pushing me to pass my limits. I just want to yeah. constantly be growing. So everybody's different. Everybody's going to organize this and structure it differently. So you did these two flips and then did you get, just get into the wholesaling side of things and, and marketing and what was that transition like for you? Um, so I was finishing up uh, our second flip and I already knew that um, I, I had already been planning that I, I want to make this business and um, just a big a business that's gonna flourish. Um, I like people. I really like being around people. So um, my husband and I talked about, well, what would it look like if we built a team and just like, how can we make this bigger? So I actually um, went um, online and found two different spots or two different groups that I kind of did interviews with. Your group is one of them. Um, the reason I like even knew that your group existed was a guy I went to college with was in the group. So, um, and he was in this tiny little book that uh, Justin <laughs> made, Justin Williams uh, sent out that said, you know, these people are making money. So I was reading it and I was like, oh, okay, so this is a thing. Uh, I'll talk to them. And I talked to another group. And then after I talked to you, Bill, it was just it was a good conversation about, oh yeah, I feel like I could fit in with this. This, this is okay. These are going to, these people are going to drive what I want and I wanted to, you know, create a bigger business. Um, so I hopped into the group and then I just started learning. Um, we went to a mastermind like on site in Detroit and learned some more and just pretty much have been trying to implement um, bit by bit. And every time, you know, we meet in person um, at Flip Packing Live or in Detroit, you know, there's a, there's a big burst of, oh God, this is all the stuff that we need to do. Um, so started the marketing train at that point and um, realized how much I wanted to build a team and I wanted to be able to change some people's lives um, and cool things with that. It's like you can pay somebody, give them a job and maybe give them some happiness. There's so many people that don't like their jobs. Um, I'm really open with those kinds of people too, because um, if somebody doesn't want to work with me, that's okay. Like there's plenty of other people out in the world that we could work with. Um, so I think the hiring thing has been a very interesting piece of the puzzle, but I just, um, mainly I just want to build a team. I want to change a couple people's lives. Like we have some really cool goals about um, giving money away um, with, with the deals that we do. And I just, 
I want to, I want to have something bigger and better. And that was the reason that I'm like, how am I going to be able to build something that big? Um, and I knew I was going to need help because obviously I know about all the partners and, uh, mentorship is a thing. Um, obviously it's a really good thing, uh, that I take advantage of just, it's funny because you think about the word mentorship and it means something different to everybody, but I just see it as these are the people I work alongside, like my director at the company that I work with is one of my mentors, my broker's a mentor, Bill's a mentor, like there's just, there's, there's people everywhere that you could consider mentors, whether they're that in your head or not. It's just people that are kind of guiding you to be a good human, be a good business owner and uh, do all the good things in the world. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember the call that we had together and you were kind of like <laughs> grilling me a little bit about the, the group and things like that. And I, I, didn't, I didn't own the company then, right? When we no, talked. Not yet. No. So, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting that uh, I think that I, was, I would speak the same about it then as I did now because I'm so passionate about it, obviously, from being a member myself. So, I, ga- I gave you that perspective of being a member and then also now working for the company at that time. So, um, and then hopefully just allowing you to make the choice that is best for you and not pushing you yeah. and forcing you into any decision. So, yeah, I actually kind of called you on like, Hey, so you're the guy that I'm talking to. I have heard you on a podcast. I've read about you in a book. Um, I actually asked you for a normal person to talk to <laughs> just like, who can I talk to? That's, you know, I don't know. I can ask more questions about this in the group and you sent me to Arian. Lemire in um, Florida. And after my call with her, then I realized she was on the Bigger Pockets podcast that I had heard that I was so excited about because she's fantastic too. And uh, yeah, she was so awesome. And that just locked it up for me. I was just like, I, I did take like a week after that. And I was like, after I talked to Arian, I was like, this group is fantastic. Like, um, she just pretty much gave me the comfort that I was looking for to decision. And then I would, yeah, I don't regret it by any means. (laughs) Awesome. Well, you know, it goes, the feeling's mutual, obviously. You bring so much energy and everybody on this podcast can hear. Usually I I listen to these at one and a half times speed. This is probably the only one that I'm going to listen to where you and I are talking at the same speed. Usually I'm (laughs) faster than the other person, but uh, it's really, it's great to have you because you jumped in and became an accountability group leader. You jump in the Facebook group on a regular basis and pump people up and get excited about stuff. And you, even though there's been some posts that I see in there where you say, you know, I don't really know if this is the right answer, but this is what I did, or this is what I would do, or you're constantly in there. And I'll tell you what, I see a lot of myself in you from four years ago when I jumped in is I, I didn't have the answers to everything, but I was engaged. I was involved. I was taking action. I was getting out there. And that's what led to my success. It was this group putting the time in, showing up, doing the actions, doing what needs to get done and tweaking things along the way, trusting in myself that I'm making the right decisions, going out to my mentors, as you called them. I called them this kind of like board of directors that I had this, all these people to guide me and just kind of knock me back on the path when I'm just a little unsure. They just either give me a little bit of security and say, what you're doing is right. Or if I'm a little off path, they just give me a little redirection back on the path I need to be on. And I'm just constantly updating and adjusting so that my line, hopefully from not having any idea what I'm doing to success is as close to straight as possible. (laughs) Yeah, I do a lot of that. That's the one thing about the group that is probably my favorite. And I've talked about it quite a few times is the people that you meet. Um, I have no idea how I stumbled on the few people that I talked to, but I have constant text strings and um, extra calls with a few people. Whenever I'm freaking out about something, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know if this is right. Or um, I think actually the first time I went on a call um, after I started my wholesaling journey, I guess. I sent out marketing and wanted to go to somebody's house and try to buy their house. Um, I called somebody in the group. I called Lindsay like 20 minutes before I was going to be there. And I was like, Lindsay, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And she's like, nope, you got this. Don't worry. Uh, she called me down, said a couple of awesome words. And then she's like, let me know how it goes as soon as you're done. And I closed up the contract and then text her. And I was just so excited. And I posted it in the group because you want to post things like you just, I like, I love, I love it when people share their successes because a lot of times we don't celebrate, um, things that, were seemed insurmountable at one point and now it's like second nature and you should celebrate success like a lot of that stuff is important um to not just glaze over and go to the next thing because i'm a go to the next thing person i am always looking for 
I'm in charge of risk control for very big projects. Um, so I have to be looking, what's the next 10 feet? What's the next 30 feet? What's the next 75 feet? Um, but I think it's important to kind of say, hey, this was awesome. Look, I just, I just closed this contract and that contract actually fell through. But I still closed it, I was very excited. <laughs> and then you go on to the next one. And, and I guess really it's all about the people that you get to use. Um, it, like this group specifically for me is just, it's fantastic because I have people to call. I have like six people on my phone that I could call any of them and just be like, hey, I really, really quick, I just need your help. Like, Waylon, can you send me this thing? And it's cool because people start doing that for you. And then as there's new people coming into the group, like right after Flippacking Live, it's really easy to be like, well, why don't, why don't you do this? Because this is, this is what Bill told me to do, or this is what Simmons told me to do. Um, so giving that information is great and trying to say, hey, I haven't done this. Like, you're right. I try to tell people, like, honestly, hey, I haven't sent to that kind of list, but this is what I would do. And then people, like, that's my favorite part about having teams, like the team I work on in my company, the team that I have in my business. Um, you get to say, like, you get to ask for advice, but you don't necessarily have to take it. Or you might get five pieces of advice and you might take pieces of all of it and then make it your own and then go and do it because there really isn't a wrong way. Like real estate is beautiful because and you're going to say, well, I would do this, this, and this, and I would spend X amount. I'm going to look at that deal and I'd be like, I would do this, this, and this, and only spend this amount. And we're still going to make money. Like there's no right answer to real estate. Like it's huge. And everyone is looking for that right answer. And it's like, the answer is whatever you want it to be. Like it's super, it's super fantastic. Cause you can, you can do whatever it is you want and you can make as much money as you want. And that's the reason really appeals to me is like, oh, you mean I can be in charge of how much money I make and how much time I want to spend? Like, if I only want to work 10 hours on one deal, that's totally possible. Like, this is how you do it, and you might make a little less money because maybe you're going to pay three people to do these other things. I'm totally fine with that. If that means I have to make two deals instead of one deal, but still make that same amount, I'm totally in. I think that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you know, you said something about having the those those kind of people to go to and then being able to get multiple pieces of input on something and then make ultimately make the decision yourself. So that's the biggest thing for me. I have used to have a lot of people that would send me like a, a message directly and, and ask me for my advice. And I would always push them back to the Facebook group and say, put that question in the Facebook group and tag me there. Because number one, there's probably 10 other people in the group that have the exact same question as you. That, want, yeah. that need the answer. And then there's probably another 20 people that don't even know that they have that question, that they want to see it and have yeah. the answer. And not only are you just going to get my opinion, but you're going to get the opinion of 10 or 20 other high level real estate investors answering the exact same question. And you might have everybody say, yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Yes, yes, yes. Or sometimes you get me and Simmons and they're arguing back and forth with each other. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I would do this. And he's like, no, I would do this because of this. So you get a, lots of different perspectives and it allows you to make the decision that you think best fits what you need. And that's what really the power of that, the way that I see it is having those, those kind of people that they're not paid to jump in there and answer questions, right? They're like you said, you're, you've gotten so much from somebody else that of course you want to turn around and give twice as much as that. And then it just becomes exponential because I mean, I wasn't, when I joined this group, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what I was talking yep. about. You go back to, you go into Altitude Facebook group and you go back four years and start looking at some of my posts. It's embarrassing. Some oh, talk about let's and asking. Do a highlight. Let's do a highlight reel. Let's yeah. Maybe, maybe one day I will pull out. Look what Bill asked. Hey, that would be, but I, I, think that's, I think that's a great plan. I'll have Kyle pull out some of these old posts and we'll create an Sorry, email send it out to you guys and say, can you believe that this person was asking these questions four years ago because they're the same questions that you guys have. Yeah. It's the same things. And now we've got 20 people working for the company doing $3 million a year. It's just, it, it's, it's doable, it's achievable, possible. and mm -hmm. it's possible. And that's the other thing. Just you're walking around with people who have shown you, like the past couple of podcasts I've done, that was, the theme has been, I, I didn't think that I could do it until I got around people who were already doing it. And I realized that I'm actually just as good, if not better than them. Like I'm yeah. probably- all people. I got skills in areas that they don't, they're, you know, it's, it's just, they're average people. They're just doing crazy, yeah. incredible things, you know? Yeah. I think people in the group just need to realize, and just people in general, actually, real estate investors, you own a company, like you're the CEO, 
like truly you should and act like it. You should act like you're the CEO. Like I do that plenty. I interact with a lot of CEOs in my commercial world and they're just humans too. Like I used to be scared to be in a room with a CEO and I, Oh my God, I have to pitch to them or whatever. And nope, they're just humans too. Like they just, they know what they want and they go after it and everybody in the group, any real estate investor, like, you know what you want, just, just get out of your own way. Like all you have to do is run for it. And yes, you have to suffer. Yes. You have to work hard. Yes. Like there's, there's going to be things that make you want to quit. That happens to me every week, but like there's people around you that you should be successful for. You need to have a strong why. Like I look at my husband and I think, Oh, I want to spend more time with him. That to me is a big enough reason to suffer for two or three years, uh, whatever it has to be actually anytime um, to make sure that I could potentially spend more time with him and that I can show some people around me that I hate it when people say, well, I hate my job. I can never do that. It's like, well, with that attitude, of course you can't like you're never, you're, you're in your own way, but, you can try, you could, I mean, there's a lot of problem solving out there and I think I have an advantage because I problem solve all day, but people can do it. They do have to try, you have to research, you have to do whatever it is and try to find people on the way or along the way that are going to help and just make it happen. Yeah. It took me probably a year and a half before I got to the point where I felt comfortable with kind of not, I wasn't working nonstop, you know, mm-hmm. it, like I had to build it. I had to, and I wasn't pulling money out of it. I wasn't paying myself an extravagant amount of cash, all this stuff. I was, you said, you said, use the word suffering. I was basically told my wife, like, I'm going to, I'm going to have to put in the time before work, after work, all that stuff. And that's, that's the time I had the full-time job. So I was working mm-hmm. 10, 12 hours a day flying. And the rest of the time was in this real estate business, but mm-hmm. I was building the foundation. I was building the the team. I was ramping things up for the future and we got there, you know, it just took mm-hmm. that time. But at any point in there, I could have quit. Like there, there yeah. are plenty of times. So you talked about some challenges. Let's, why don't we highlight something like something, uh, either a failure, a challenge, some issues that you've had, because I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people that are listening. Um, <laughs> I've definitely got some of those. Um, we could start with, um, I, I hired somebody uh, three weeks ago. I hired a lead intake guy. And um, I think uh, he, he's the right decision. Uh, I'm very excited about it. But um, immediately, I I got a gut feeling or I thought it was a gut feeling. And I'm like, I don't know, guys, he didn't do this. Or he, you know, he didn't answer this. And I asked him to answer this. And People in the group, obviously, Willen and Lindsay, <laughs> I was on the text message with them telling them, okay, hey, please tell me, you know, just how to get through this. Um, that has been a big challenge for me. I think mainly it's just, it's about relinquishing some power, which I'm good at with contractors. I am um, employees. This is, this is a first thing for me. So I think it's, um, it's training people appropriately and then having the good discussions. Um, but that to me is a big challenge. And then making the time to train somebody with a full-time job, um, trying to time block and actually fit that stuff in. I think honestly, that's my biggest challenge is I want to hand everything over and I just want to like hand it off. And then I want to walk away because I'm good at doing that in my normal job because I have a low voltage vendor that I can say, here, can you just go do this? Take care of it. You know, to send the bill over here. Um, You can't do that in your business as much because you need to be smart about how you give power over. And it's okay to relinquish anything, but it's just, um, I think being comfortable pushing stuff off your plate, giving somebody else the reins and then, and then not being short with somebody when they ask you a question. Like I always encourage people to communicate and ask questions. And then I, um, I have to check myself when I'm just like, why doesn't he know how to do that? And I'm not just talking about, that I I'm talking about my husband as well. Cause I, I hand stuff off to Matt as well. And just like, why doesn't, why doesn't, why don't they understand this? And then I think back and I'm like trying to own what I'm actually putting out there and like, Oh, I didn't explain it. I didn't, I, you know, like in my head it makes sense. And it's because I'm, I'm good at doing that particular thing. So um, I think my challenge is really about how to like best practices on handing things over and being reasonable about how to communicate training and stuff like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's interesting because you have these people that in your full-time job, you know, these people that work for you or with you and you got these contractors, but they already have the training. Typically they, they have the experience in that role before they're given to you. Mm-hmm. Now you're bringing somebody in who 
likely has not worked as a lead intake manager for another real estate investor before. So, nope. <laughs> but they, you think that they have this administrative skill or talking on the phone skill or, or they, they, they're a good fit for that. Now you have to train them on your process procedures from scratch basically and having a full-time <laughs> job and having to train this other person, we, we're the kind of people who are like, and Nate and I talk about this all the time. Nate, my COO, you guys have heard him on the podcast. He and I talk about this all the time. We just want to show somebody the finish line and expect them to know how to get there. Yep. And what, and the problem is we can't, and you use the word ownership, which I think is, is great. And because you're taking responsibility for that saying, I, I'm the one who needs to be able to train this person. I need to take the time out to make sure that they understand the role, they fit the role, they want it and they can do it. And, and I got to give them the training because you can't check out and go to work all day and just expect this person to figure it out on their own. Because if they're that person, then they're probably you, you know, they, they're running a company already. Right. So, so that's absolutely a challenge. Hands down. It was a challenge for me to figure out how to become a different leader. Cause in the military, usually I, I was training students how to fly. So I had a little bit of that, but I was fully focused and always concentrating on that thing. And they were dedicating their, they had to do ground school. They had to do simulators. They had to do tests and exams and study. They knew the airplane. They knew the procedures. And if they didn't, it would show up in the brief and we wouldn't go fly. And if they knew it on the ground, they're going to lose about half of it in the air or more because you're doing all this other stuff. So I saw a lot of that through that kind of training. But when I own my own business, not only do I have to figure out how to train this person, I also have to write their paycheck. So as a business yeah. owner, now it's not like the, oh, the government's going to pay for them. They might make it. They might not make it. It's all on me. The responsibility yeah. of them making it in the business is my responsibility. I've got to make sure that I am moving them forward. I'm constantly training them. I'm giving them the materials that they need and I'm taking ownership. When they fail, I failed. I either, I either failed by putting them in the, that position when they weren't the right fit or I failed because I didn't give them the right information and the right, enough training to be successful. So either way, I, I owned that responsibility. Now, they, they play a piece in that, right? But ultimately, just, just like we talk about, the, I mean, the Extreme Ownership book is just incredible. Everything we talked about at Flippacking Live about ownership, that's what it is. Ultimately, it's, it's your, it, everything's your fault, right? So, yeah, it kind of is, <laughs> but I love it. I, I think that's, that's, that's definitely the challenge that a lot of people face is the people. Yeah. When you can master that. Nothing else matters. The product no. or the process, it, you, you, you build it out. You get the right people. That's what it's all about. That's it. Yeah. I think, um, once I started, I, I even told you this a couple of weeks ago, like I somebody and they're not even doing anything yet because they were still training. Um, but it was kind of like, oh, this is way more fun to work on your business rather than in your business. Like, I don't, I mean, I like going on house calls. I like talking to people and I'm good at talking to people, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to show houses. I've definitely realized that is not a strong point for me. I don't want to show houses. Um, there's, there's definitely a handful of things that like, I don't want to do that nonsense. Um, but someone else does, and someone else does actually want to show houses because they like to do stuff like that. Someone else wants to do the title work and, um, just all those steps. You just find somebody else, but I, I just can't like, now I'm just jazzed about, okay, who can I hire next? Like I'm going to post, um, post another, um, job this week. And I'm like, okay, how can we do this and then this and this and still be successful. And I think uh, the working on it is going to be really exciting for me in the next year. And I can't, I, I just can't wait. Like I don't even mind working in it because I think about, oh cool, I'll have somebody else to do this for me soon. Um, so it makes it a little more bearable that I can do this for another this many months or years or whatever it is. So, so I know that you and I talked about the, that you got another deal in the pipeline right now that we were talking about before this. So what does it look like for you going forward? Like what's, what's working right now that you've changed? So you're doing some of your own marketing, you're going out on some appointments, you're kind of driving your own leads and traffic and stuff like that. So what is working for you? What have you found that's working and um, kind of what are some of your plans and goals going forward? 
Um, so what's working for me now is direct mail. Um, as soon as I got back from Foodpacking Live, I upped um, all my marketing. Um, I came up with a six-month six runway of what does it look like for the next six months to pay somebody to answer phones, to send out marketing this many pieces every single week, uh, to have my website, to have my accountant, just some other items too. So I figured out what's my six-month runway. And then... Um, I actually only did a four month runway. I did it until February for our next meeting. So I was like, these are my goals. Um, so um, direct mail is working for me. Um, I want to hire somebody so that I can, my direct mail even more and then probably introduce something else at that point, um, depending on how many deals I'm getting. Um, so direct mail is working. And then um, next goals, honestly, is just to build out my team. Like my, my goal is to have somebody in acquisitions pretty soon. My husband is doing disposition. So um, I told him as soon as he learns the heck out of it, he can then train somebody new. So um, whether that's our acquisitions person or somebody else, um, I don't mind. Um, so it's building out our team. And then, and then seriously, just I guess it's going to have to be organic. Like I have goals. Um, we have really, really big goals, <laughs> really like extremely big ones in the next uh, seven years or something like that. But um, I think realistically in the next year, we do have our goal. Um, you know, we want to make, we want to bring in, we want to do 36 deals. Um, so three deals a month on average. And I think we want to make $100,000 or something through the year. And I want to have that goal, but I just, I want to have that goal and I want to smash the heck out of it. Like I actually want to do 72 deals, but you know, I figured we should start with one um, or start with, you know, just start smaller and then kind of go up from there. Like we have some really cool goals of, you know, what we do with our profits and um, me and my husband are so excited. Like I love telling people about um, our, our charity gift. So every single deal we do, we're going to take a thousand dollars out of that deal. If we get a thousand dollars out of a deal, I guess, um, and we'll put it aside into an account. And then at the end of the year, we get to give that away. So if I did 36 deals, that's $6,000 that I get to use to either donate it to an awesome cause here in the cities to donate to a person that maybe needs a lot of help. You guys donate a whole house and that sounds fantastic. Just the idea of you know putting food on somebody's plate for a year like that there's so much there's so many cool things that you can do that don't hurt you and me and my husband still have our jobs we would love like my goal is i need to be out of that job um as quickly as possible in my eyes but um my goal is by flip hacking live in 2020 um so i said it on the podcast and on stage so now i really really have to do it because <laughs> i don't want to grow and um but I just like, I think about the fact that we have jobs, we have, we have a great life. We've already built an awesome life together. And I just think about how we can influence other people's lives and give some people some cool jobs and, and, you know, make a fun job for somebody or they need some flex in their jobs so that we, we could potentially provide stuff like that. And then on top of it, I could potentially give away $36,000 like that. As long as we achieve our goal, that's how much we'll get to. And then I get to I don't know, just the, the idea of sending, giving somebody a check for that. That's, that's super cool. Like I'm not going to hand somebody a check for that, but um, I'm going to hand seven people, you know, a check for this amount of money. And I think stuff like that, like you get to make an impact that you don't think of. Like when I started at my other job, I, I didn't think about the impact I'm making. Like I'm making a good impact with clients that are really kind that I like to work for. But I think about impacting a couple of people that it's just like, it's literally going to change the trajectory of their life. Um, that that's super cool. Like you can change a lot of people's lives with good jobs, with money, with just all these things and good attitudes. And, um, I think that's part of my biggest goal is growing into how can I, how can I, you know, channel that to, um, other people around me and just, I don't know, I, I really like to just be positive and, you know, encourage people. So if I could just get to encourage people, I'm in. So Bill, when it opens up on your team, just let me know. <laughs> I always need that. There's no doubt about it. Well, I'll tell I you what, <laughs> I think, you know, what was, what was laced in there is just the kind of impact that you want to make on, on others, on, on people. Just it's, it's, it's there. And everybody that I brought on the podcast over the past month or two months, it's, it's interlaced in all of them too. Like these are the people that show up at Flip Packing Live and when we bring a charity in, they're, they're giving, they're excited about it, they're doing that. And you know, that's, that's what's been amazing for me to see too, that my journey has 
it, it ended up where I am now of seeing my team. And like you said, providing for other families, giving them a great job that they love. And when I get an email, we had Val on the podcast and uh, we sent out her email with the, with the podcast of her recording from Flip Packing Live last year when she spoke. And she just responded to me in an email just directly and said, this is why I work with you. This is why I will forever. Like, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And just to see that the, she's doing what she really is enjoying doing and loves doing. And the fact that her husband now does the videos for us and we're able to move them up here to Nashville and her daughter is getting intertwined in the community and stuff. And just having them around here now is just really cool that I get to spend more time with them. And the impact that we get to make as a community on all the different charities, everything, like you talked about giving away houses and stuff like that. Like we had, me and Nate were at a meeting yesterday with a new partner trying to figure out how do we get to give away 10 houses a year? How can we do that? And we've, I want to go to, for two next year in 2020 to five in 2021 to 10 in 2022. So how do we give away 10 fully renovated houses to vets? It's going to be a challenge, but mm-hmm. we're going to figure it out. And the meeting yesterday that I had is telling me that there's, it's absolutely possible. I mean, some of these banks are giving away 30, 40, 50 houses a year. So why can't we do 10? And then I want to do it and I want to show other people how to do it. So once we figure out how to do it, then somebody else is going to one up us. They're going to give away 20 houses, 11, 50 houses. houses. That's it. But you know, you said, you said you want to do 36 houses. When I, when I started, I want to do 12 and we ended up doing 76. So no problem going from 36 to 75 or whatever you said. So (laughs) you won't be far off from there. And I'll tell you what, you're putting in the time and you're taking the actions that are needed to get there. It took me four and a half months to get my first deal. And after that, it was just, it's off to the races. Once you get that first deal, you do it. You do that first wholesale deal that you did. It's like, Mm -hmm. I can do this. I I can do more of these. No problem. Yeah, it was actually right at about four months for me as well. Like I joined the group in June and um, I closed my first wholesale deal in October. And I've got two of them under contract right now that we're working on. And yeah, you're right. Like it's kind of like everyone should have an attitude of the sky is the limit. Like I know people say, well, if you're a little kid and you want to be an astronaut, you know, dream a little smaller or some nonsense, but you really can. It just, you have to know that you have to work hard. And I think that's probably the caveat that people don't, don't realize. And there are some people that work that hard. Like there's a lot of people that work that hard. I know that you wanted to be a pilot and then you wanted to, there's some fancy thing that you fly or something that's very fancy. Oh, the the place in London that you got into a school, like you had to want to do that, but you also had to work really hard. You can want all kinds of things. Like I could want to make a billion dollars. You can want that. You just have to put together a plan that actually gets you there and a realistic plan. And then just keep trying. Like you have to slog through it and find people that'll help. And I think just being consistent with that kind of stuff is you're going to get there. It's just how fast do you want to get there and what does it look like? And do you want to enjoy the journey or do you not want to enjoy the journey? (laughs) Yeah. And you know, I think what you said there is just wanting to be a billionaire, like make a billion dollars or do something just because Mm -hmm. those are the people that are never probably going to achieve that dream. It's the people like you who, if the reason that you want to become a billionaire is that you can give away a hundred million dollars a year and not feel it then that's the person that's going to get there, you know? And I think that's, that's, that's also the person that I want to help get there because there's a, I love yesterday was giving Tuesday. So we're recording this right after giving Tuesday. Right. And we have a, a heart baby. James was, has multiple open heart surgeries, came to flip back and live. You kind of saw his story and, and things like that. So, um, there was, there was a, a charity that was created his next door neighbor in the hospital. Their daughter, um, had an open heart surgery. She ended up passing away and they created a foundation for her daughter. And yesterday I just saw a video on Facebook about them as giving Tuesday. And I saw how much had been donated to their charity uh, for, from the day. And I said, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to double that. Today. I was say, you probably matched it, didn't you? Bro? I did, it, but it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't a ton of money, and I'm not saying that to, to brag or, or anything like mm-hmm. that. But, but, but you could. But what I'm saying is, yeah, I could, and you know what? I'm you not going to feel it. And mm-hmm. I, but for, for me, what it is, is we have the, we've been put in a place now where we have the ability to do something like that, and, and I'm, I want to continue to give to their charity, and I want to continue to get, be able to, anytime I see somebody say, 
I'm raising money for this charity. I just want to be able to drop on there and give 50 bucks or a hundred bucks and not have to worry about it and just keep upping our, our monthly giving, all that stuff, our tithing, everything that we do in line with what comes in. Because for, for me, that's what it's about. And if you're giving away money when you have no money, you're going to be giving away a lot more money when you do have money. If you're right now saying, I'm going to give money when I have money, you're probably Far. never going to give money. You're not going to, no, you're not. It's just, it's just the way it is. You've got to build it into your life. It's just, just like we talk about saving. If you're saving money right now when you have no money or you're making very little amount, of, my dad always taught me save 10% of everything that you make, period. That's, you've got to save 10%, put it away, put it away, invest it, invest it, invest it, invest 10%. And then, I, then it became 20, then it became 30, then it became 50, then it became 55 and I was saving 55% of what I was making when I wasn't making a ton of money, but I was able to, as I got raises, I was able to keep living off of what I was living on before. And my mindset has changed a ton since then. Now it's more about, okay, instead of having to save 55% of my salary and just doing less, how can I make more? But as a military, yeah. <laughs> as a military guy for 15 years, the only way to make more was time in the government. I didn't yeah. get, I got raises that were in line with Fact. timing. It was, I mean, you can go on your, your Google machine right now and find out exactly how much I was making, but now I can make more money by doing other things, creating businesses, creating jobs, doing, uh, creating a product, finding different things. And we all have these avenues to figure out how do we grow and scale our business and we're in control of it. Like you said, you're in control of your time. You're in control of what you do. You're in control of where you, where you are, the vacations you want to have, the people you want to impact, the people that you say yes to and the people you say no to, that's up to you when you own your own business. When you're working for another company, that meeting that you have to take to get that job done, sorry, you got to go. <laughs> Even though I don't want, I want to say no to that. Well, it's not really in line with the company drive, right? Yeah. So I think it's awesome stuff. I'm really excited for you guys. Uh, and I got to meet Matt in Detroit and then at Flip Hacking Live. He's a great guy. Absolutely love him. He's, uh, uh, you guys are awesome people. I'm really excited to see where you guys go. Um, is there any, so you guys came to Flip Hacking Live this year. I'm wearing my Flip Hacking Live hat and you said that you're going to quit your job by Flip Hacking Live next year, which I don't know if you know this, but Becca is in the other room right now and she probably just put that on her calendar if it's not already there. Oh, she already has it, I'm sure. Okay, good. So <laughs> you guys came, this was your first event at Flip Hacking Live and I do want to talk about Flip Hacking Live a little bit. We recently sent out an email about it, some of the changes that we're making at the location, the dates, all that stuff. And I really want to tell people a little bit about that event and why they should go. So if you've never been, like what was your experience like this year going to the first, this is the first one you've been to, right? Yeah, it was, it, it was good for a lot of reasons. Um, I had like one of the most emotional, weird, life-changing moments ever. And it's super weird because I'm not that kind of person. Um, but um, honestly, when you go there, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You get so much information. It is ridiculous. Um, it was kind of cool because it was already tempered with the fact I already got a ton of the information. It's just, I got updated versions of it. And it's funny because an update means, you know, it's four, four months new, like in real estate. It's not like the stuff that we get is, you know, it's eight months old. It's, it's literally a couple months old. Um, so you get a lot of information. There's some really good networking. Um, I think my, my favorite part obviously was Walter Bond going up and talking and, um, just, he started talking about some things I didn't know anything about him. And then he started, um, just kind of speaking my language and, um, it kind of jolted me and made me realize, well, I'm in, I'm in the place that I'm supposed to, supposed to be. I've never, like, I believe the universe, um, in weird ways, like I don't have crystals or anything and nothing against any of those people. That, um, <laughs> I just, uh, I just had this really, really crazy, weird moving moment that he started talking about something and I didn't know anything about him. So I didn't know his backstory. Um, he started talking about a certain topic and a certain animal and I was just like, whoa, like I didn't, I didn't know he was going to start talking about this. And it just, it, it kind of envelopes everything in my business and the way I started my business, the people that are around me and the reason I chose my business name, like all these cool things. Um, so I just kind of lost it. And um, it was super cool because 
it was literally just something in the world saying you're at the right spot. And ever since you played a couple of songs that oh God, I'll never not think of you now when I hear them. <laughs> um, but it's kind of it's kind of crazy and weird. But now I have these moments. I actually had a moment a couple of weeks ago, and I was freaking out about something. And me and my husband were going into a movie, and I happened to hear one of those songs. I was freaking out about a real estate thing, and I'm just like, and this song came on, and I was like yeah calm down just just cool it so it's kind of like the connections you make and the and the way you feel like I'm just a really passionate person so when I went to that it's like I had a lot of awesome feelings and then I had a lot of good takeaways and I did a lot of stuff since then and I'm going to continue to but it's really how I relate everything back to each other and the reason that I'm going to keep doing what I need to do and like the encouragement that I'm getting from the people around me um I have an advantage from flip hacking live that I already knew some people. So it's like, I just got old friends um, and being up on stage for a little bit was like, yeah, there's 500 or 800, however many people were there. Yes. That's a lot of people. And that's, you know, nerve wracking for some people, but I'm just like half of them are already my friends anyways. And the other half could be my friends if they joined me or if they just came up and started talking to me because that's not that big of a deal. Um, but it's just the people that you meet there and the connections you make to people in your market even. And, um, just the, there's just so many good nuggets of things that happen while we were there that it's like, Oh yeah, I could make money doing that. And it's really neat. And again, it's just getting out of your own way and just implementing it or paying somebody to implement it. So flipping live was, it was life changing in different ways for me and not specifically flipping and wholesaling because I already know, I already have the information to do all of that. I got better information and better ways to do things, but it's just how to implement it and how to convince myself to keep going and making sure that, you know, even when there's weeks when I can barely handle everything, just like keeping going. And that's actually how I relate great things to this group. It's yes, there's awesome content, but it's about the people. And I'm, it's because I'm a people person. They're the ones who are driving me to be successful. It's the people around me cheerleading. So, yeah. You know, you said something about the songs and the music. And for me, I, whenever I hear a song and it was impactful to me at that time, I, can, I know where it was. I, usually I can date like songs or movies back to experiences of mine. And yeah. there are yeah. songs that that I remember when I was in flight school down in Pensacola and I was driving, I would go fishing. We were in holding period waiting to start flight school and I had bought a fishing boat. And I went fishing every day and there was a song that I would listen. It would always come on the radio. It's this country music song. And I, I can, every time I hear it now, I can picture myself in my F-150 towing my boat to the ramp to go fishing in flight yeah. school. I, when my son, we, I, I had the, the soundtrack for Flip Hacking Live that I have as I was trying to create the music and the lineup for all of it. I have it on my phone. So I was listening, listening to it for like weeks before trying to put all the songs in, in, in different areas. And my son now all the, all the time we're driving to school and he says, daddy, daddy, play high, high hopes, play high, high hopes. Yeah. And, and every time I hear it, it's, it takes me back to that, that place. Yep. I flipped back in live last year. So, mm-hmm. um, I say last year, it's still this year, but a couple months ago. So a couple of weeks, it'll be last year. Well, I'm already planning for next year's flip back in live. So like that is like you said, you're looking in the future. You're not looking back. So that's, mm-hmm. that's done. Now I got to go bigger, better, better next year and figure out how yeah. to do that for everybody. So I'm already putting the song list and playlist and creating the, who's going to speak and what we're going to talk about and the design and everything. But it's so I think the music and everything, it's the, that experience, all that stuff. But for a lot of us, it takes us back to a place and gives us that power that we had at that time to give us the motivation that we need to go forward, like you're talking about. And then also, it sounds to me like you picked up something way different than you thought you were going to get at this event. Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, obviously, Walter being from, he went to University of Minnesota, so he's right down the yeah. street from you guys. And um, it, really cool stuff. He's a phenomenal speaker. absolutely love him. I got to spend some time with him before and after the event. And just that's, that's like mindset and motivation stuff that you didn't even think that you needed until you showed up. And, and you got something different. If I, if I asked 15 people, just lined them up and said, what, what was your favorite part? What was your favorite part? Which we're going to have 15 different answers because the whole design of this event is to give you what you need at the time that you need it. And time, you're, yeah. you're going to pull something different out than somebody else. And mm-hmm. everybody's going to get a little bit different something from it. 
And that's why we put so much variety on stage. That's why we design it the way that we do so that we can impact as many people in the audience, ideally everybody, and make them leave better than they came. So that's the whole purpose of this event. It's definitely real estate related. It's definitely uh, structured around wholesaling, flipping, acquisitions, so marketing, sales, business building, building a company. What I tell people is if you own a construction company and you came to this event, you would get massive value. If you owned a shoe store or a, 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 a cupcake store, a cupcake shop, and you came to this, you would get value from it, from the marketing sales. And it's not necessarily our target audience or who I want attending this event, but it doesn't matter. Business is business. I feel like I got a PhD in business when I joined this mastermind group. And our goal in these three days at Flip Backing Live is to present that to everybody in the audience, make them leave better than they came and feeling like they got a ton of value from it. And obviously we make an impact on charity. We do a lot of different things throughout the event and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I love putting it together. It's my favorite week of the year and my also my hardest working, most draining, hitting my limit and my ceiling every time we do it. Um, I go that Saturday night, I went to bed at eight o'clock and I think I slept 14 hours. I was just totally in that. It just drains my batteries, but I love doing it. So, so this year we're having, uh, so we initially, we just sent out an email, we updated everybody, but if you're not on our email list or you're not following that stuff, um, if you're not go to sevenfigureflipping.com. We just updated our website. We launched that. We announced it for all you guys. You go to our new website. There'd be like a pop-up. You can join our newsletter. We send out a ton of updates. We send out emails of, of our podcast. So this podcast will go out in email form with the video and the, the link and everything like that. We are doing some new cool stuff in there, like a swag store and some t-shirts and hats and sweatshirts and all that stuff we're going to be putting on there. So we just redesigned and re revamped the entire website and it just got launched uh, last week. So you guys can check that out. And um, there's also a link in there to go to our events. You click on our events page, it'll take you to Flip Hacking Live. And so you can go there or you can go to fliphackinglive.com. And you guys heard the story. We had to move from San Diego to Orlando. Um, it's going to be in Orlando, Florida, October 15th, 16th, and 17th. And we've also reduced the prices down to what we sold them for at the event this year because we had to change the coast, we changed the dates, we did all the stuff from what I announced at the event. So if you guys want a ticket, go to flipbackinglive.com, grab your ticket. We're gonna raise the prices on January 1st. So end of the year, get your tax break, get your write-off from 2019, get your ticket at a discounted price because they're gonna go up. What we did, we typically take them up to about $1,000 a ticket. So this is a huge discount for you guys who aren't members of ours at 397 right now before um, the end of the year. And then Tanya, you and everybody else, you guys are at uh, a discounted price. We post that link inside the Facebook group, the private Facebook group for you guys. So you can buy your tickets at a even cheaper price. So um, I can't wait for it. I'm really excited. I'm putting together the plan, the structure, the, um, the who's going to speak, when they're going to speak, designing everything, working. We're already working on it for next year and it's like 11 months away. So it, we're going to, it's going to be better than last year. I can tell you that guaranteed. Let me know if you want input. Uh, yeah, Natanya will tell me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have like a three-page email from you after the event of. Uh, <laughs> it, no, that didn't happen. That's that, oh, I don't, that's it was maybe about. There was messages. <laughs> okay, so I got all that stuff. I'll be working on it. So, uh -huh. <laughs> um, well, Tanya, I know that you said that you say no to a lot of things and you pick who you spend your time with and what you do. And I really appreciate the fact that you took the time to spend with me today. I know this is, uh, I, I tend to go a little bit long on these. You and I could probably talk for hours and hours and hours and not even notice. So <laughs> I appreciate you spending the time and sharing your story and some of your lessons learned, some of the wins, some of the challenges, those kind of things and being open and honest with everybody. It's really, I mean, I think everybody got a good feel for who you are. and. Um, I appreciate you not uh, dropping any cuss words on it so we can keep it PG. For You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any last, any last things you want to say to the audience? No. Okay. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate the time too. Yeah, I had a good time and I can't wait to see you, uh, see you soon. We're going to have an event coming up here pretty soon. February. So. Yep. I can't wait for it. And I can't wait to, to see if you met your goals. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I'm oh, going to get for sure. Becca yeah. needs to know that I met some of them. <laughs> put in, put in the time, put in the effort. You're already doing it. You're putting in the reps. It's going to happen. Every so. week. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Bye Tanya. Had a good time. See ya. See you later. All right. Bye.
Thanks for listening to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.